This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello Cherry fans and welcome to this latest opposition preview show here on Up the Cherries and All Departments. So following the 4-0 thrashing by Arsenal wasn't fun pass 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 concede we visit Everton and this is where the season really does start for us we've had seven difficult games up until this point and now this big game against the Toffees now to preview this game we do welcome from the Toffee Blues Callum. Good afternoon, Callum. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Craig. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem at all. So, to be honest, it's not been particularly a very good season for either of us. Um, Let's talk quickly, though, about last season and where it all went wrong for Everton. Because, of course, there was two games that you played at Dean Court, which were under Frank Lampard. Um, and both were terrible performances from Everton. I'm sure Everton fans will forgive me for saying that. But Sean Dyche seemed to sort it out at the end. Are Everton fans happy with Sean Dyche? And um, what do you think happened? I think um, I think you're a fan base where a lot of us anywhere um, can struggle to make our mind up on things. I'm guilty of it sometimes because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of traction to the past, especially the older Everton fans, um, you know, who've actually seen the team win. So, for example, in my lifetime, I, I didn't see us beat Liverpool at Anfield until COVID season. It's, it was, it's very much, um, this is kind of what I've seen my entire life, maybe not to this extent, but around mid-table, sometimes pushing for Europe if we were lucky. But with, yeah, I think it, it was all over for Frank earlier on, to be honest with you. Um I think the first Bournemouth game sealed it. And then there was just some, I don't know why we stood him after both. That was both times I was aware. Um, and I think a lot of Everton fans knew that was it. it. It was done. There was and there was a lot less animosity towards Frank than there actually is towards Dyson now. But I think that's because Lampard was very well spoken and 
it's kind of a bit different to Dice. There's a few fans who don't kind of like the way Dice condones himself. Or I can't think of the word, but acts in his press conferences and some of the things he says um, don't really resonate with the fans, unlike Lampard, who obviously, compared to Dice, had that player mentality at the top level. Had played against Everton yeah. many times, he knew how it worked. Uh, with Dice, it's, I think Dice is a good manager, and I think my thing, you know, you can give a master craftsman that is he, you know, uh, he might be able to out overperform compared to others, but if you're if you know if you give a master craftsman you know water and a bit of dirt he's not going to make the mona lisa you know he's not going to paint the mona lisa he's not going to create amazing architecture with dice i'm i'm in the middle with him i i think mainly there's nothing better we could do you know right now you look at the managers available that realistically would join Everton. no because you know i think for example the the one that everyone will link is graham potter just the english the There'll yeah. be there's a few players in the squad that could suit that style of playing it about a little bit, but I just think there's nothing available right now to Everton that would make sacking Sean Dyche worth it. That's not even going into the fact that we've got no money to sack him. So if we did sack him, we'd have we'd have to take a punt on some manager with no experience in the Prem, with probably not much experience in any of Europe's top five leagues, unless they were t- willing to take a severe pay cut for the possibility of being the manager to revive Everton. But I think. I think it's been all going downhill since Ancelotti left, and, and I, I think Everton have got a bad rap for something that's not their fault. I think of Michael Silver, especially now, who you know was a manager I was a big fan of, but then of course he does. I think he deserved to be sacked, mm-hmm. and then now look at what he's doing with that Fulham side. And uh, there's a few other managers you can look at. I think with Everton, it's just this thing of it, it's what the impossible task of you know a manager who did to be fair in his time at the club care about the club but when Real Madrid come knocking Real Madrid come knocking it's that simple but with Daesh it's I think with Daesh it's it's something we'll probably get into later on is I feel like it's it's a weird blend of things where you know this team is this is probably around the area of the table this team should be maybe a few spaces up but we shouldn't be challenging for anything meaningful yeah maybe we shouldn't be in around the relegation zone Daesh has had teams much worse than this much higher in the league than this but I think I think it's a difficult time right now. But I think it's the fan base is split either way. It's hard to really give you a, a definitive answer of what the fan base is thinking. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And of course, Everton have been through um, turmoil. Um, of course, Farhad Mashiri has recently left the club, or is in the process of leaving the club, um, and. Everton are getting new owners. Of course, Bill Kenwright's come under a lot of criticism as well. Where do Everton go from here? And what are these new... Any insight on these new owners? Um, So, it's a group called 777. And um, uh, I'm going to horrendously shell out here. Um, I'm not the biggest expert on this. We've got two videos on the channel uh, talk lists who can really go in detail about this more than I can. But from what I've seen is they, they feel, it very much feels like one of those American companies that will come in while the stock's very low, try to build it up, sell high. Um, they own Hertha Berlin, um, have a minor stake in Sevilla, Standard Liège, uh, Vasco da Gama, and I think another one, but all those clubs are severely underperforming have a Berliner in the second tier now which I don't from what I've seen isn't particularly these new owners fault they bought them when they're in turmoil um when they looked guaranteed to be relegated anyway but now they're severely underperforming in the second tier for a team with 
you know, that had so much money pumped into them a few years ago. And if you look at like the stadium and stuff, but you know, you've seen that a lot in Germany with like Hamburg and Nuremberg, these big clubs falling. But yeah, I think it's it's a difficult one to really gauge because they're only minor stakeholders in Sevilla. So to look at Sevilla's downfall and their bad performances recently, currently it feels like anything would be better than Farhan Mashiri. And that's not, you know, some fan, a lot of fans from, you know, the fan bases that haven't spent money over the years will look at someone like Farhan Mashiri and go, well, he spent 400, 500 million. But the problem was constant interference. Um, a refuse, this is him and Ken Wright a refusal to accept that they were at fault for anything. Um, the, the constant merry-go-round of managers where it felt like Mashiri had no real idea of where the club were not coming to games, no support. It just feels like a lot of papering over the cracks. And of course, there's the new stadium, which of course you can't really complain about. Well, you can complain where if you're, you've got one of the most advanced stadiums in the league, probably behind Spurs, maybe the most advanced, and you're playing in the championship. That is an area where it's, you know, and the situation we're in is it just feel if it just feels Sunderland, if you know what I mean. Like if we go down, that's it doesn't feel like Leicester, it doesn't feel like Southampton, it doesn't feel like teams that are ready to bounce back up. It feels like if Everton go down, wipe the hands, we're staying there for a while. It's a long trip, you know. So I think it's you know, and I, again, I think there's other fans who know a lot more about the ownership than me when it comes to seven seven seven, but it feels like these are going to come in and hopefully be able to steady some sort of ship, even if that means to go sell for a profit in the future. I'd much rather the club be ran up, to be honest with you. No, fair enough. Um, of course, just looking at the fixture list that you've had, um, you haven't won at home so far this season. Um, you've got, well, apart from one game, um, three game, three goals in the other games. Um, both against newly promoted sides. It didn't, it, to be honest, it looks like it's been a nightmare start apart from that one game. And I watched that game against Brentford the, away and Everton were fantastic. They were really, really good. But why are they not doing that all the time? Um, mainly, to be honest with you, it's just an inability to finish the chances we create. Um I'm not exactly, you know, privy to things such as XG. I understand how it works. I understand the the beneficial side of it. But, you know, Sean Dyche mentioned it in a press conference and I, I, some of our fans hate it because they're very old school. They don't like new statistics, you know. Uh, but for XG, we're, we're probably one of the top eight sides, nine sides, a lot. But it's just this inability to finish chances. Um, Neil Mop is not here anymore, but he should have had a hat-trick against Fulham. You know, th there were two goals at least that I could say you could put any person on the street with functioning legs and, and they would have scored them. And it's just, you know, and I, I usually I'm the one who's, you know, pressing on about how they, this is much harder than you think, you know, being in this pressure situation. But, but no, that were, it was unforgivable. He's not at the club anymore. And it just feels like there's a lot of this, this chance he's been created, but then there's no one there to finish them off. Thankfully, Calvert Lewin's hit form and has three and three now. Um, in his past games, looks like he's getting back to the level that may, possibly that he used to be at under Ancelotti and before the injuries really kicked in and then was severely mismanaged by Rafa Benitez and Frank Lampard. Um, then it's it's really hard because then the defending's just been uh, shoddy at best. I, I don't know why shoddy. The Aston Villa game, you could say we're at fault for two or three of the goals single-handedly. Mm -hmm. um, James Tarkowski has improved over the past few games but wasn't fantastic. as Or to his usual standards, he has very high standards, I think he should have those standards towards and then thankfully Jared solid centre halves but 
I think without a doubt, we've got the worst fullback partnership in the league. I don't think it's close. I think, you know, people can argue and lose the highest rated rating on FootMob if you take that seriously. I don't know. But, you know, you look at it and it's Mikalenko, Ashley Young, Nathan Patterson currently. And you know, Ashley Young's legs have gone. I, I said this on the last live stream I did. It's it's hard to really sit and bury like Patterson has played less than 50 games of first team football, you know. So, to, again, completely inexperienced and Mikalenko is Mikalenko's the one who probably gets slated the most because he's got the more you know he's got he's the one who should be stepping up and he of course was the Luka Dean replacement who ha had a case of being our best player at points you know he was get really good at creating those chances a good crossover ball good on set pieces to then lose that for Mikalenko who is below average at everything than below average at defending but everything else is below average and it just feels like there's areas in the team where that are so important now in football. You know, you look at some of the players in the squad, you should be playing at a much higher level and could be playing for teams, you know, fighting in for your conference league and your upper league spots. But then there's the squad's awful in general to the point where it doesn't matter how much talent you have at the top. The bottom level of that talent is so low that it eventually just narrows out. And I think it's one of those where hopefully the results come eventually because I don't want us to just sack dice with no game plan. You know, that's yeah. been the problem for the past few years. It's just sacking a manager and then going, we're going to play a completely different style of football now. Surprise. Um, hopefully, Kevin Felwell's been there and over the summer, we've been able to get rid of a lot of the big earners. Um, we've been able to do some good business. I look at, um, you know, people mentioned, and I don't, I can imagine he would, he would get brought up at some point here, but he would be, didn't want to sign a new deal, had um, less than a year left on his deal. And we got 22 million for him when we paid 27 because we, also, we ended up paying around, 27 million recouping 22 i think the business has been good and i think overall the play has been good we dominate we didn't dominate but we had the better chances against fulham the better chances against wolves villa and into luton's hands kind of how you mentioned on our channel Luton just went we're going to let you play nice football we're going to let you play it around it's not our style and they caught us with two set pieces which is you know we mentioned it with on our channel which was you know disgusting for a team that's should be known for great set piece yeah. players, especially with the height and the athleticism. Well, um, one player that you do have in the Everton ranks and somebody who will be coming up against us for only the second time is certain on out Dan Juma. Um, how has he performed and have Everton fans forgiven him for last year? Um, and Basically, I, I, as far as I understand, he all the photo shoot was done, wasn't it? He was in an Everton shirt, and then he basically just turned his back on the club. Have Everton fans forgiven him for that? Um, I, 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 to be honest with you, right? My thing is it is if you're if you um, if you have a chalkers, but then all of a sudden someone comes up to you and goes, "Do you want this Range Rover?" Are you going to turn the Range Rover down? No. And I know Everton fans say, because we love loyalty at the club. I love it. And I was annoyed when it happened. But Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. 
However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. He got offered the chance to go to Spurs. I don't think he expected what ended up happening mm-hmm. at Spurs. To be honest with you, a good player got offered a club that was at a much higher level than Everton and joined them. The circumstances are very frustrating, of course, but that's how football works. It's happened to other clubs before. I think a lot of the fan base have forgiven him um, and they should have because I think a lot of the fan base shouldn't be surprised that something like this happens, that a player would want to play at a higher level than where we are right now. But um, his time at Tottenham was unsuccessful. I don't really think that was his fault. I think that was maybe down to just not getting played. And he's come in and I, I think he he's shown bright sparks, but he show, he's also shown a tendency to not release the ball on time. Um, he scored a nice goal in the Cup, very well positioned to finish it. But I don't know. I like Andrew. I think he, we, he's something we need. Someone who can take someone on, who can cause problems, who's technically gifted. It looked like he had quite a solid link up with Beto, the new signing. But now it looks like Beto's been um, phased out for Calvert-Lewin for now, at least anyway, due to Calvert-Lewin's form. But yeah, I, I don't see a reason why Dan Juma shouldn't be playing. And even if, if that's more in a more central role, um, similar to the should be in the team, because I think he offers so much to Everton that we don't have. And of course, you'll know you saw him. I don't really know how he was in the Premier League, but the Championship especially, he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I think it, it's... I think it's it's brain-numbing at points why we have someone with so much technical ability and then we're still persisting with Adrisa Garnage, who, yeah, or Nana, constantly bumping into each other practically for, because they both want to play the six. And then not playing James Garner in the centre, which he proved against Villa as his best role, and persisting with him now on the right. When we have players like Jack Harrison and Dan Juma, who are talented wingers who can really cause problems, and then West have definitely been involved. I think he should definitely play against Bournemouth. I think he's a very talented player. But again, it also wouldn't surprise me if Daesh favours Decore in that cam centre forward role behind Calvert Lewin and then picks McNeil and Garner again in that spot out wide. Of course, Iriola is at the helm now. Um, and we're playing this pass, 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 pass ball, possession based. But it seems like things have dried up up front for other players, maybe not so much Solanke, but other players as well. But also, we're making these mistakes at the back. And personally, I think this is going to play straight into Sean Dyche's hands, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think it depends on if he plays how we played against Villa. Um, he played sort of a different style. It was more free, five at the back based than uh, something, of course, which Everton fans weren't happy with, which is mainly just because a lot of Everton fans see Michael Keane and immediately see Red. Um, you know, it's almost like being looked at by Medusa for some Everton fans. It's just game over for us, Dawn, if you see Michael Keane. But we played really all season. And um, in the first half, anyway, I think the second half was with uh, Villa brought on the big boys and we started to started to struggle, but we defended well. Um, and I think we showed a real high press. And I think Harrison especially showed this ability to press the fullbacks, which could cause real problems, um, especially if you want to play it around the back and find those openings and try to carve us open whether that's out wide or through the middle, I think 
this high press that we play it, which is almost in a sense sometimes Decore will overlap Paolo Sinesi and Zabani, is it? Um, from yes, Zabani, yeah, yeah, players yes. who, uh, Sinesi, anyway, playing in a final system that has been shown to play a little around the back to know Sinesi's a player I'm a big fan of who I, you know, when Bournemouth signed, I thought it was a great signing. Zabani, too. Um, I think a player who can play, I'd say, due to, just due to his young age, really, is if you physically press on them, and it may mean we have to give a few fouls up, but, you know, to cause real pressure to, you know, you know, when you're going in for that tackle, maybe to, you know, to go shoulder to shoulder, to show we're not seeing that fellow looks massive. And I think he, he looks like the one who is up for a physical battle. But I think it's about finding a weak point in that back four, back five, back three, whatever team we play, if we want to play this press and finding a player who maybe isn't as comfortable on the ball as the rest, and trying to really hound them. Harrison did a fantastic job against it, as I mentioned, against Aston Villa and was able to nick the ball back a few times just through the ability of it was they they, they let him play the ball, saw the heavy touch, and were on them as soon as that heavy touch comes. If we can play that dial against you, then I think we'll do great. But I think it, we also shown an ability that when we did it against Villa, Villa were playing really poorly. Um, I think the problem with it is if you're able to break that forward line. If we're playing that just a gate on our midfield, I think you'll carve through us quite easily. So my thing is, if the high press is played right and played smart, which is, you know, find specific triggers on it to then, you know, to start the press instead of just outplay this constant in-your-face style of football, then I think it can be successful. And I think um, we've, we've shown against Brentford, we've shown against Aston Villa that we can put in these real performances of quality that show this team is a lot better than it was shown against Luton, Fulham, Wolves, even Doncaster in a sense that we have a, te- yeah. a tendency that, for example, if you come to Goodison Park and play absolutely awful, we'll play to your level, even if we should be taking advantage of your mistakes. But you can be a good football team. It's a, it's a really struggle with Everton to know what side of the coin you're going to get. And this, especially at Goodison Park this season, which was has been a fortress for us for years now, you know, since I was born. Um, talks about Goodison being a fortress and I've seen us pick up huge wins I've seen I think that a child in midfield um I've seen us pick up big results against every team you can think of in that at that ground and now it feels like it's easier for us when we're playing away I don't know if it's the pressure of Goodison Park or something like that but if it, we need this first one include the Merseyside Derby coming right after this it wouldn't surprise me if we lose here and Sean Dyche loses his job even if I'm against the idea well the last thing I think we need to do is predict this game and see how, well, it's a difficult one, but you know what score I've gone for. How do you reckon this is going to go, Callum? Um, I think we're going to have the the Everton thing where it's going to be, I think it's going to be very similar to the Fulham game. You're going to have a lot of the ball. And I think, um, I think you're going to, I think we're very, Technically talented, a lot of fast physical players to Billing Solanke, especially someone like Billing who can really, you know, can make those late runs and score. He's shown his ability to score from distance as well. Really talented player and has all the physical acumen too to cause real problems. But then I do think we're gonna catch. I think we've we've shown a knack now that we can we've gone from not being able to score at all to being at least able to find one. And that has mainly been to Calvert Lewin. And I do think Calvert Lewin's gonna cause real real physical problems for I do think it's going to be a system where you're going to have Sinesi on him at all times as someone who can battle him physically but yeah. then I'm hoping, I don't see the focus of the Bournemouth defenders which hopefully then means if someone like Dan Juma is playing 
you know, unfortunately for the Bournemouth fans, I can't. It's never nice to see your old players score against you. Hopefully, <laughs> someone like Dan Duma is there to capitalise on open space and we give these wingers a chance because it does feel like sometimes we will just give up and cross. But I do think, it, like you mentioned, this team has a te- your team has a tendency to make mistakes, but so do we. I do think that it's going to be two one, but I, I I think we're just going to scrape it from everything you've told me. And from you know, listening to a Bournemouth fan's perspective on Bournemouth, I think the team's going to want to prove themselves. It's similar to when we were able to beat Brentford and then beat Villa. This team has and has moments where they can put a chip on their shoulder and really believe that they're better than they are. The perspective put on them. I don't know if I've said that right, to be honest with you, but prove that they are better than what the stigma that's given to them is and I think we are going to nick it 2-1 I do think it's going to be close and to be honest with you I feel like it's going to be more either Pickford saving us or Bournemouth not taking their chances is what wins us the game I think you're probably going to have the better chances and a much more of the ball but I think we'll squeak it out because this is something we need especially with the derby coming up next and Liverpool being on fire this season you know only losing to yeah. Spurs because of what was outright robbery you know, so I think it, it's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be one for both fan bases where it's going to be one of those games where it's frustrating to watch for both sides. But it's going to be one of those where, even though there is frustration, you're on the edge of the EC because both teams know that anyone could nick this at any point. No, fair enough. Fair enough. And do you know what? I always say that I never bet against my own team, but I honestly can't see us winning this. And I think it'll be a 2-1 win for Everton. Um, I just think that Sean Dyche will go a lot more direct. I think he will hit us on the break. I think we will play this passing style of football. I think we will probably get more possession and control the game. But we'll just be hit. We'll just be hit on the break. Um, And, you know, I think Iriola will... There'll be some serious questions after, after this game about what way we go. However, if he changes that style of play that we've been playing, I think all bets are off. I think if he goes back to what Gary O'Neill did put, which was a little bit more scrappy, a bit more direct, a bit more, you know, Phil Bill hasn't really particularly been the player that he was last season because I feel that this passing style of play doesn't really work to his best benefits. And in fact... The other manager that probably didn't get the most out of Phil Bill was Eddie Howe. Because, okay, you know, there's quite a distinct difference between Iriola and Howe's style. I think, personally, I think neither of them, I don't think he fits into that. Um, So, yeah, that's my honest opinion. I think a 2-1 win for Everton and lots of questions afterwards. Yeah, I feel like it is one of those games where it's vital for both managers involved really to really put a foot. And I think it, it's a winnable game for both teams, which it sounds weird to say, but yeah, it's a team, it's a game that whichever team comes more well prepared will be the team that wins, really. I feel like I feel like it'll be it's a thing where you know you can have all the fight in the world, and I think we've shown that at points, but I think it's just sometimes it is just poor preparation from Dyson you know, as someone who is not as much of someone who's on Dice's tail as a lot of the fans. It's Sometimes it is poor preparation. It's persisting with a midfield that's not working um, and not playing our best player this season in their best position. It's little mistakes that a Bournemouth team could capitalise on. It's um, necessarily pressing out from the back 
one of the centre backs, which leaves um, Phil, let's say Philip Billing an open run in behind, leaves Solanke in behind. It's I think of um, the Sheffield United game, and it's James Tarkovsky not marking Cameron Archer, and just you're giving you know a, a young striker. Don't get me wrong, but a striker who's shown he knows how to finish the ball an open route on goal to just bury it. So I think it it's just going to be about preparation. I think both managers know that there's whispers about them possibly losing their job. I think that's what's going to make it such a cagey game. Yep. Don't disagree at all. Don't disagree at all. I think we'll probably look the better team on the pitch than Everton. But, you know, <laughs> let's be honest, you can play as much sexy football as you want. You know, if you don't get the points, you're only going to go one way, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Well, Callum, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And do tell everybody where they can find the Toffee Blues. So you can find us on YouTube, of course, just the Toffee Blues. If you want to find us on Twitter, it's at Everton Newsfeed. And I and I think I think it's just the Toffee Blues on Instagram too, but dot, you know, dot call me on that it might be something different because we like to have about 18 different accounts but yeah make sure to follow us on toffee blues on you subscribe at the toffee blues on youtube and our everton newsfeed on twitter excellent stuff and all the details will be let below in the description but callum once again thank you so much for coming on and all the very very best for the rest of the season after this game let's hope both sides can stay in the premier league this season yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope it's not a championship preview next season for both of us. Yeah, we don't want to do this in the championship, but no, all <laughs> the very, very best. And yeah, let's let's be positive. This is going to be a Premier League preview next season. So yeah, no doubt we'll see you next season or well, later on yeah, in the season you. anyway. And thank you everybody for joining us. Please remember to hit the like, the subscribe, the bell button below to be alerted to any new videos we do here. Do check out all of our reaction with regards to that Arsenal game. If you really want to relive it, you might probably won't want to, but there you go. Um, but also do make sure that you do check out all of our interviews, our cherry picking as well. Um, so there's loads and loads of content. But until the next show, up the cherries and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.